1-800-327-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I really feel like our team's on a mission. Like we, we've 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 been building for this um, to 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 win a Big Twelve championship. I felt like you know that they will all tell you that that we missed an opportunity a year ago to not play for the Big Twelve championship game because of our own undoing. You know, we made yeah. we made some mistakes in a couple of games that cost us an opportunity to be in that game. Uh, and these guys have been on a mission all fall or all winter, all spring. Uh, and what was interesting, we were in a team meeting and I was referencing that, hey, just so you guys are aware, they're going to release the SEC schedule tonight. These guys wanted to put out our 2023 schedule. Ah, uh, there is Sarkeesian talking about his team and how they've uh, been working through spring and summer. You know, that last part, that is interesting for for the fan bases, for the players, the coaches. I mean, it's a unique thing to have the SEC schedule out with everyone all amped up and excited about that, but it's not – it's over a year away, but I, you've got all of this work right in front of you, and I know those guys aren't getting caught up in, in what's happening the, the following season, not resting on that at all. I understand that, but it still is like a really weird dynamic, you know? Yeah, extremely weird. Um I don't think it's ever good coming off a 6-7 and seven season for OU, but in some ways, does it help out with focus a little bit immediately if you're trying to get yourself right before worrying about a move to another conference instead of being, you know, having 41 first-place votes and everyone thinks you're just going to skip all the way to the Big 12 championship? I don't know, maybe. Right. Yeah. Doesn't hurt. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that, that 40, however many first-place votes, I mean, I – I guess I, to a certain degree, understand it. Like, I'm not suggesting that those votes should go to Oklahoma, but I think people should be a little bit more cautious on picking Texas. I think Kansas State should have had uh, more votes. Um, I don't know. It's it was It was spread in terms of how many teams got first-place votes. Yeah, it felt like it was more than um, than I've seen in recent memory. Uh, Texas got some, obviously. K State, OU, TCU. We had teams like Tech who never get first place votes, and then Oklahoma State getting one as well. What's that like? Six teams that got a first place vote. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you just look at that, you would say, "Wow, Texas is by far and away the favorite to win the league." Oh, okay, well that tells one story. The story that I look at, though, with all the different number of first-place votes is, yeah, it's going to be as wide open of a league as it's been maybe ever. There's a lot of uncertainty, man. And we had a good point yesterday on the text line, I think it's true, is a lot of Texas getting 41 first-place votes, a lot of, you know, all these other teams getting first-place votes is probably primarily due to OU being down a little bit. Yes. 
because Correct. that's been the one constant this league has seen for over 20 years. Teams have been up and down. Um, Texas has been hot and cold, but the one constant has always been Oklahoma. This is the first year we're going in with some real question marks, and that, that's what that's what the poll looks like. I don't think it's a coincidence. Yeah. If it, like an honest assessment of of what's on campus and and what we know of them offensively and defensively, do you feel? Do you feel better than last year? And I think last year, this time. I felt pretty good last year. <laughs> I felt I good. Um, and, I, and I know a lot of other people did, too. I, I don't know. I guess. Are you, are you trying to ask if I feel better now than I did last year? Yeah. I mean, I. I it's a hard question to answer. Yeah, yeah I, I felt pretty good at this time last year. I think everyone did. Hell, I felt good after week three last year. I felt really good. I'm just, I'm really surprised that, uh, I don't know, only four votes. Like We got the same amount of first place votes as Tech. Um, just one more than TCU. Oklahoma, just three more than Oklahoma State. Ten less than Kansas State. I guess I'm a little bit surprised with what our schedule looks like and just kind of where our team is, that there's not more people that feel better about Oklahoma Well, Teddy, right now. because you're actually putting some thought into it. I'm not surprised yeah. that the votes look like they did. Dude, we've been calling this for two or three months, that this is what it was going to look like because it's mostly groupthink with, at least I think, the, the media. It, it, a lot of it's groupthink. Yeah, I mean, there's not a real deep dive evaluation. Well, Texas is the best team on paper, so therefore they should. I, I, as much thought as probably should be put in these preseason polls, I don't think that that necessarily exists for the most part. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why Cowherd. I, I I went back and listened to what he was saying. I guess it was today about oh, you could accidentally win eleven games and have this false sense of the direction they're heading. Like the first comment I heard him say was, "Oh, the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve folks—they know football. They know the Big Twelve, which I had to laugh at. Like, really? I, I don't. I don't think that that's. I don't think that's very accurate. In fact, hasn't it been every single year since we brought back the Big Twelve championship game? The teams pick one and two have not once actually played in the Big Twelve title game. I think that's Maybe. right. I think that's right. Well, that's that's kind of what I always say is there's someone that comes from the crowd every year that was not picked to like TCU last year's total come from the crowd team, and I don't know who that's going to be this year or if there's there's going to be one. It feels like there is almost every year that someone comes up that you didn't think was going to be the the challenger and that's who makes it, but. Um, that was our point yesterday, though. That can happen, and it will happen, but might it be someone that's not on OU's schedule? M- yeah. Might it be Tech or Baylor? And, you know, it, I, it, it, it could absolutely happen, but that doesn't mean OU's schedule is going to change because they might miss that team. Right. Which, you know, to me, that's like one of the biggest factors for me picking Oklahoma to go to the Big 12 championship is their schedule. I mean – they play Texas, who's picked number one, but they I'll, don't play. I'll give you the number here. Okay. They play one, five, seven, 
8, 9, 10, 11, 13, and 14. And they play 1 and 5 home and neutral site. 7, Oklahoma State is the highest ranked team they'll play in a true road game. Yeah, that's it. It's crazy. That it's... I mean, two teams in the in the top five that you play, and I I don't know. I guess that I'm, I'm just shocked. I by mean, that. I'll go as far to say, man, like with that schedule, if you don't think OU is going to be in the Big Twelve championship game this year, then I think that you almost have to say that you don't think this coaching staff is going to work out. Like, yeah. if you don't think this team is good enough to finish second with that schedule in the Big 12 this year that's so wide open and so unknown, then that, that immediately tells me, if you're being honest, that you, you don't think that this staff is going to work out. Right, because Texas, they don't play number one. That's themselves. But they play number two, number three, number four, number five, number six. Do they play Oklahoma State? No, they don't. Um, but they play they play the top five teams other than themselves. Yep. So I, that's kind of been the point. You know, we've talked about this from from whenever the the twenty three schedule was released that Texas's schedule's way more difficult than Oklahoma's. So I don't know. As it sits right now, I in some wacky world could Oklahoma's end up being more difficult. Like if Oklahoma State is incredible and UCF and some big ifs and, right there, man. Right. So I don't know. That's why. Like, like that's I'm. I think everyone. And I, I think I made this point previously. We have been in in a ten team conference for so long where we play everyone. I feel like schedule is something that people that cover this conference aren't even taking into consideration right now, and they should be. It's pretty stupid. Right? Yeah, with four new teams from independent to the AAC, you, you, you should be taking that into consideration. OU plays three of those four teams. Yeah. That's a big and deal. Texas, Texas may be the best team on paper. Like I don't even know if that's necessarily true, but you may think that they're the best team – in the conference, but they've also got probably, not even probably, they also have the most difficult schedule in the conference. Like, so you have to factor that in and, and dock them a little bit from being on top, you know, because the schedule could possibly get to them. But, you know, maybe they skate through uh, the whole thing. I'm telling you, Steve Sarkeesian's been thinking to himself this offseason, God, this is not good, man. This is not what I wanted. This is not what our team needed. This is the exact opposite. And I know he'll say publicly that, hey, Texas has had high expectations before. It's time to rise to the occasion, whatever coach speak crap he's going to say at the Big 12 Media Day next week. But deep down, I don't, I, there's no way that he loves this man. There's no yeah. way. Do you do you think that Texas is the best team on paper? And that's what I was Forget about to about say. Forget about what you know about them. Forget you, the history. You mentioned that, that other people are saying it. It's true. And, like, that's my – it's just this throwaway statement that everyone has, you know? It's yeah. this throwaway statement that that's it's not that big of a debate, and I say, well, can someone please explain to me how that's just a throwaway statement and so easy to say for an eight-win team that lost what maybe its best two players on offense and its best player on defense last year? Like, I, I just I don't think that that's just necessarily a throwaway statement and true. 
Right. In fact, I don't. I really. I don't. I don't think that it is. I mean, well, their, their quarterback was so average last year. They don't even have. Yeah, they don't even have the best quarterback. Like typically, if you're going to say on paper someone's the best team, usually you start with they have the best quarterback, and a lot of times it's by far, right? Like you've got a Heisman favorite or a guy that was in New York the previous year. They don't have that. They don't even have a guy that was, I don't know, was he even in the top five statistically in the Big 12 last year? Uh, Would have been behind Duggan, was behind Gabriel. Maybe he was ahead of Jalen Daniels. But, I mean, I think last year he was, dude, he went from being at best, and this is being generous now, at best, the fourth best quarterback in his own conference to a mock draft yesterday on ESPN had him going number eight overall to Washington. He was not better than Duggan. He was not better than Jalen Daniels when he was healthy. He wasn't better than Dylan Gabriel. Hell, he may not have been better than uh, both Kansas State quarterbacks last year. I don't know. Right. Well, maybe it was um, maybe it was the shirtless pick that's been uh, oh gosh yes thrown around. Yeah, Teddy, that's our new way to evaluate quarterbacks. Is if they have a six pack, then they must be awesome QBs. <laughs> that's the world we live in. All right. Yeah. Well, text line. Know. Let's get to a few. Eight three two. Can an undefeated Oklahoma team not make it to the college football playoffs? Uh, no. Undefeated OU's in the playoff. One hundred percent. K Dub in the nine one eight says, "I think coaching staff is just fine, but I don't think OU will finish first or second. They do not have the bodies they need in the trenches on offense or defensive line to win double digit games." <sighs> I. I, mean, I hear, I hear that. I just, I just disagree. I maybe in a different conference, but our offensive line, I think, is going to be one of the better offensive lines in the in the Big Twelve. I think they have a chance to be the best offensive line in the Big Twelve. Um, defensive line is. Not the strongest position group on the team, but with what we have at edge now, we are way better than we were a year ago. Yep, we're in a much better uh, position not, than we not were. Not only a better, year, but more capable ago. bodies at that spot. Yeah, yeah, considerably um, different. And you know, even in the interior, with with Co and a couple of transfer guys. You know, I think it's a great sign of, of how much they like uh, what Jonah Laulu has done. And, you know, he's one of the guys going down for Big 12 media days. It, I don't know. I'm kind of – I'm optimistic about what we've got in the interior defensive line. And, and if you want to combine that with what we have at edge, I think there's a chance that we're head and shoulders above what we were last year. Let's get to a few more. For the 405, not cranking up my hopes until the week of the Texas game, if we're 5-0, and too traumatized by last season. Yeah. Some won't be cranking up their hopes until they're 6-0 and and after they beat Texas. Right. Get there a week early. Yeah. 620 yeah. says, well, hell, fellas. Texas has the best roster because they have two of the highest-rated recruits ever. Laughing face emoji. Both at quarterback. Yeah, that's true. If they could only play them at the same time, you know, 
that can only play them at the same time. Drew from Flower Mound. Guys, I don't know, but I do reserve some jitters for this next season. DG got to be better, but wide receivers dropping the ball. As Teddy mentioned time and time again, these receivers couldn't beat no press coverage last year. I think the wide receiver position is our biggest worry. Yeah, I I agree with that. But um, here's what I say about that. I'd rather I'd rather be I'd rather be strong at a, a bunch of other places than I, I think. I think you can be good at wide receiver if you're really good at offensive line, if you're good at quarterback, if your running game is good. I think our running game is going to be better than a year ago, and and it was pretty good a year ago. Um, we may have did we end up being number one in the Big Twelve rushing? I think we were. Um, but I think we're going to be even better with the – I think the running quarterback is going to be a bigger factor in our offense. But, yeah, wide receiver, those guys got to play better. There's there's no doubt about that. One more. We'll hit a break for the 918. We take off our crimson-colored glasses. It's obvious UT is best on paper. Well, best on paper. That's probably been the case multiple times over the past 20 years, even maybe during the decade of suck. Yeah. Has it mattered? Um, I don't know. Is that right? Is, is, is are they? Is it really that? I mean, I like how Sark portrayed in that that uh, clip we played at the top of the hour. He pulled the link and we're close, or we were so close to playing in the Big Twelve title game last year. Yeah, okay, that's one way to look at it. You were also close to losing to Iowa State at home last year, who was god awful. If Xavier Hutchinson doesn't drop a wide-open ball down the middle of the field late in the game, they're a seven-win football team. They lose to Iowa State at home last year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, like, scanned through the Big 12 quarterback stuff for last year, um, and there was only eight guys that had enough plays that qualified for all of the statistics. Interceptions, Quinn Ewers was good. Tied for first with Dylan Gabriel. Uh, Completion percentage, he was seventh out of eighth. Uh, Yards, he was sixth out of eight. Touchdowns, he was sixth out of eight. And quarterback efficiency, he was fifth out of eight. Yeah. So the the stats actually tell the truth there. If you were to draft quarterbacks at the end of the season, he probably would have been what around his numbers are, six or seven is what you would have drafted him as. Yeah, middle of the road, and like one of the guys who's who's markedly better than him in pretty much every category, except for interceptions, was Blake Shapin at Baylor. And who's talking about Blake Shapin at Baylor? Uh, nobody that I've heard of. Is there right. someone that is? No. Okay, I was about to say, I haven't no. heard of this individual. That, that's kind of the point. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Stay with us. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. Does your checking account come with 579-3113? Get up to $550 in rebates now on qualified York components at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, 57 days until kickoff in Norman. 
we are officially 50 days away until the start of college football week zero. Navy, Notre Dame, and Dublin, you'll have USC, San Jose State that night, and then the uh, thrilling matchup of Vanderbilt in Hawaii during the uh, middle of the day as well. Um, hmm, it's been a week. We were off yeah. last Friday. That's right. Is there any scuttlebutts on who the replacement is going to be for Thad Turnipseed? I don't know. I was hoping you were going to tell me what was going on there. Promote from within, maybe, I think is the uh, is the rumor. I don't know the name, but. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know, even know who that name would be. Huh. Who? Where, what do you mean that's the scuttle? Where'd you hear that? Uh, I felt like that was the scuttlebutt immediately after, and then I think maybe the text line mentioned that yesterday. Yeah. So you're you're saying you have none to give? N- nothing. Hmm. N- nothing at all. Um, if it's someone from within, my guess it would probably be. Um, oh gosh, the guy that was he was with him in Cl- at Clemson. Um, Woody Glass? No, 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 no. Um, oh gosh. I guess maybe it could be could be Woody Glass, but I, honestly, I don't even know. I don't even know what like what exactly do we even know? Like what what was the title for? Uh, oh, I don't. I mean, I, was he not? Um, what is it exactly? Gosh, I'm totally blanking. Obviously, what Maddie McMillan was to Bob, it is the is it not just the director of football ops? Is that the title? Well. Or did That's he have a different of, one? I don't think that was his title because I, I think that that's I think that's what Woody Glass does. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the titles. I don't know what everyone's doing. So I don't know what the replacement's going to be, and I don't know like what's the scuttlebutt scuttlebutt on what happened, uh, or if anything happened. The scuttlebutt on what? Well. <laughs> What kind of scuttlebutt do you want? Because there was plenty of it. Uh, I, OUA I committed. Brent, or excuse me, um, Josie and Thad never got along. Thad was always trying to raise money, you know, outside of the Sooner Club. Like, there, there, was, there was plenty of scuttlebutt that was out there. Yeah. So what do you think it was? I think it was... Um, I think there was probably a lot to, hey, we've seen it done at a high level. Here's what it takes. You, you've had some people around here that have, uh, you know, been doing it for maybe a couple decades. I, I, I just think it was an interesting relationship from the get-go is kind of uh, what, what I've heard. Yeah. You know, I, it's just, I, I don't know. It's Thad definitely saw it his way, and maybe not everyone saw it Thad's way. Yeah. Well, um, is that accurate or I, I know there's I have no more idea. to the story to it than that? I have no idea. I mean, at, at the end of the day, a, a lot of times, you know, everyone doesn't necessarily have to see eye to eye on everything in order to to get the right results. Um, you know, oftentimes it's good that people don't see eye to eye, that there's different ideas at the table and not necessarily a clash, but 
you know, there's there's a, I don't know, a push from multiple different angles to, to get to the same goal, I think. I, you that know, I definitely don't know. struck me as an aggressive guy. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it the way that I think is gonna be worked. Uh, that's how I'm gonna go about it. Yeah, I'm sure that ruffled some feathers around there. Well, I I'm sure it did. But I mean, there's a couple of things there. I I could understand if if he was ruffling feathers and doing it in like a bad way and. I mean, you can ruffle some feathers, but you still have to be able to work with people. Sure. Um, I mean, my first question is, why was everyone's feathers ruffled? I do you did they think that Thad Turnip Seed was working against um, what's in the best interest for Oklahoma, or did he just have a different idea of how to get there? I, I don't know. Like, here's the one thing I know from, from talking to Thad. He is, was adamant about where Oklahoma needs to be in order to compete in the SEC. And that is facilities, that's NIL, that's, um, you know, size of staff and recruiting budget and all of that stuff. Uh, he had ideas of where they need to be to compete in the SEC, and we are not there. We're not there on facilities. We're not there on NIL. Um, we've we've done some really good stuff on staff and 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 all of like the recruiting budget and all of that. But you, you know, it's like, and I get it. You have to have some fiscal responsibility as a as a as a football program to make sure that you can keep things afloat moving forward and you don't just, you know, dump all your resources into, into something that maybe is not even going to be there a year or two from now talking about like NIL. But I mean, I, I don't know. I know he was pressing to get the things done that they need in order to compete in the sec. Right. Now, how all of that went down behind closed doors. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, let's see, has Brent commented on Thad's exit, says Mark in Newcastle? I don't think publicly he has. Right. He has it this week. I haven't seen anything, but that doesn't mean it hadn't happened. I mean, I, I imagine that would be kind of like front page Yeah, we news. Yeah, 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 everyone would have known about it. I just can remember if someone got a quote from him or if, like, OU released some sort of a statement – that Thursday night, Friday morning, when it started coming, I don't, I don't think they even did that. Yeah. I don't think that happened. Yeah. But yeah, that was a that was a heck of a story late last week. Anything we else Friday. on the text line about it? Like, have- um, you guys know and won't tell us with meeting. I, I guess it means beating around the bush and him hauling around. I don't know. I haven't talked to anyone. I, I, I. I sent a text to uh, to Thad on was it Thursday? Whenever those Thursday night, I think is when it started to to come out. Right, but Thursday, oh, Thursday during the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yes, that the, was yes, correct. The the, the drawings the from the right. the renderings from the the proposed football building came out, 
and I just sent a text to him like, hey, what's what are these? Where did it come from? Um, and I never heard anything back from him. That's the only communication I've had. I don't know anything. He's spending so much time with his family, he can't even text Teddy back. Yeah. Must have Man, been come le- on, Fourth of July. Must have been legit. I haven't been uh, haven't been snooping around on on what the deal is there, but Christie mm. says that Woody is an attorney in Oklahoma. I don't think he was at Clemson. My guess is they met during Brent's first tenure at OU, and they have been good friends. Since. Yeah, that's not that's not who I was thinking of. There's there's another guy there that's that's a operations John, type John of guy. John Kelly is uh, director of football ops as a texter. That may be who I'm thinking of. Rhino and BA says, I'm sure we will find out more during Big 12 media days. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, we'll get, we might hear Brent get asked about it, but a lot right. more info, I, I wouldn't count on that one. Yeah, well. Maybe uh, someone should ask Quinn Ewers about the meet and greet he's going to host for fans on July 22nd. Did you see this? Yeah. An evening with Quinn Ewers, whatever that entails. Tickets are $2,312 for VIP access. Adults are $283, and kids are $38. Proceeds will benefit the nonprofit merging with vets and players. That's got to, I mean. you got to have some confidence in yourself that if you're going to sell a meet and greet with yourself, and VIP tickets are over $2,300. Yeah. I, I can't imagine they don't sell that out easily. Oh, right? I'm sure they will. I, I mean, I would never buy a ticket to that, but that doesn't mean that others won't. I would go to something like that maybe on a Monday or Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, it better be at your house or you're not going. If, if it, you're hosting the meet and greet, maybe, but if it's anywhere else, you ain't leaving your house on a Monday or Tuesday. It needs to be on, on my way home from from work. If it's on my way home from yeah. work. And you better be getting paid to be there. Unless, uh, I don't know if you're showing up. That's not true. That's mm. not true. I think it's I think it's mostly true. Yeah, I don't know that I'd pay 2300 bucks. The only time that's... you leave your house is to go to the fireworks stand on the 4th, which everyone's wanting to know the damage. I had the over-under <laughs> at, um, I didn't have it at two grand, did I? Or is it 500 I can't remember what the number was. Well, said it. Tell me, and I'll tell you if you if you um, hit the over or the under. Let's go with twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> Easily over. Over, yeah. Unfortunately, you spent over twelve hundred dollars on fireworks. Yeah, dude. What do you live in Mustang or something? What What do you mean? What's that mean? I they're just kind of known, I think, for loading up and shooting off a ton of fireworks. You spent Mustang over $1, is twelve hundred dollars. Jeez, I'm writing that all, down. All I, in one, like all in one trip. All in one trip. Uh, Did you pay trip, cash, yeah. card, traveler's check? You just throw out eighteen hundred dollars. I, I how did, what's it? Ma- I paid with uh, U.S. currency. Okay, geez. the delivery method shouldn't matter to Did you. you. Buy the whole fireworks stand, man. Living the good life. Yeah. Let's just say that I was uh, well over your the mark that you <laughs> that just said. Sounds like it. Jeez. Like way over that mark. So over two grand? Yeah. <laughs> over twenty five hundred? No. Oh, okay, so we're right around twenty three hundred, somewhere in that ballpark. 
Dang, dude. And I will just tell you right now that my wife was not thrilled about that. <laughs> really? Did you did you think that that could be the situation going into it? I'm going to spend $2,300 on fireworks. There's a chance my wife may hate me after it. I did not plan on spending as much as I did. And let me just also say that I asked her what my budget is, and she says, I don't know. I don't even care. <laughs> so, cares now. to me, that was carte blanche <laughs> to go do whatever I wanted. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. The AKS Summer Bead and Jewelry Show returns to the OKC State Fair Park Expo Hall Number 3. Join us Friday through Sunday, July 14th through the 16th, and immerse yourself in a world of stunning gems, exquisite beads, charms, pearls, gemstones, and unique jewelry. It's What Caught Teddy's Eye, brought to you by Yalagosny Law. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? At Yalagosny Law, communication is a priority. That's Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is... Have you seen the video of Britney Spears uh, running up to... Uh, Victor Wimbignana. And... Uh, <laughs> I guess she was trying to get an autograph or some I don't know, take a picture, whatever. And she got backhanded by the security guard. Did you see it? So I it's interesting. The security guard never really she kind of runs up and grabs him maybe around the the waist or the hip or whatever. And the security guard never even turns around. He just straight backhands backwards and pops her uh in the face. I it's such a weird thing all the way around. <laughs> Do you think he knew he was backhanding Britney Spears? Well, I, I don't know if he did, but Wimby definitely didn't know um, until two hours after. Like someone coming up at a crowd and you know, trying to be too aggressive probably didn't surprise him. But right. imagine when you're told a couple of hours later, dude, that was Britney Spears that was trying to do that. This story's actually been very hard to follow because – the details continue to change. I even saw one report that after this whole incident that Brittany was, like, hitting herself, maybe to make the injuries look worse, <laughs> for her to have a better case. I, I, it's been odd, man, which she's involved, and unfortunately it gets that way. But, yeah, man, real hard to get Hard to get a clear uh, picture of what's going on with anything that includes Britney Spears these days. But I did see the video, and Wimbanyan, he never turns around. He just keeps walking. Yeah, I so, really don't think he had any idea who it was. I, I agree. I don't. I really don't think he did either. But still a – I mean, he's been in the NBA for like two weeks now, and he's already got one big controversy <laughs> that, you know, doesn't really have anything to even do with him. But uh, pretty funny nonetheless. Did you see that Tom Brady and Giselle lost $48 million in that FTX – uh, crypto situation? Well, yes, I did. However, I think that news is quite under the radar right now, considering another major news story that's out with Tom Brady right now. Yeah. If you were embarrassed with that news story, it was um, released at the perfect time because of the other big story right now involving Tom. And Tom, I'm not mad. I'm really just disappointed at you. 
for uh, what you may be getting yourself into. You think Tom Brady's hurting financially and he's uh, going after Kim K's billion dollar He needs a sugar empire? mama and going yeah. to Kim K? Dude, the funniest part about the whole Kim Kardashian, ooh, they were hanging out at the beach and they were hanging out later night at the party. The story that I read, and it was like a TMZ type of site. Maybe it was TMZ. I don't remember. But it says one source close to Kim confirms that Tom is exactly Kim Kardashian's type. Oh, (laughs) really? You don't say. Former athlete, millionaire, um, Pete Davidson wasn't her type. Kanye wasn't her type. But but Tom Brady is. Okay. Uh, So rich. One well, source confirms that Tom is absolutely Kim K's type. Jeez. Well, I don't know, but there's, I don't know, 175 or so million women in the country. I think Tom Brady is every single one of uh It's a hell of a source. Types. Yeah, hell of a source there. Nice job. Yeah, uh, pretty funny. Um, now, did you see this video from that DoorDash driver yeah that was five dollar tip yeah five dollar tip went crazy and uh sounds like his career is over with uber eats or whatever it is a big blank you to the uh to the person that gave him the five dollar tip like what do you what do you make of that though five dollar tip on uh delivering a a pizza plus i think you already get paid don't you from yeah it's not very much like those i've never done the delivery service or uber anything like that Mm -hmm. my understanding is that if you're going to make some substantial money you do rely on tips but right if it was a dollar tip i I don't know i just wouldn't i wouldn't throw a fit over something that's mandatory you got to know getting into that that there's a chance that not everyone's going to be an awesome tipper and it was five dollars too it's not like it was one or two dollars anything like that i am absolutely on the side of the person that tipped five dollars could you have done a little bit better? I guess, but it doesn't warrant the response it got. I mean, twenty-five, like a five-dollar tip on a twenty-dollar ticket. Is that what it was? Twenty-five percent? Then that's absolutely fair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. I, I don't know. I, I'm, the the tipping thing, has, has really gotten outrageous recently. Every single thing you do now. So there's this new drive. I wonder if people have, have had this same thing happen to them. There's this new thing at the like a drive-through. If you go to a drive-through to pick up some food, where they hand you the entire uh, thing you put your credit card in, and then you like put the card in, and then it asks you like for tip and everything. Yeah. Have you like what is this? I don't know. I. When when all of a sudden are we are we asking for a tip at a drive-through window? Like, hey, I get it. And if the service is excellent, or maybe you you go to the same place and you start to know the people in there, and you want to, you know, throw there's them still an a performance-based element to all of this. I mean, there there needs yes, to be absolutely. I, I mean, I believe in a standard, you know, ten, fifteen percent, wherever you want to start at. But there's like <laughs> performance has to be involved at some well, point. Okay, but there also has to be a part of what you're doing that's not like in the job description. Like, sure, yes. Like, if you're a waiter or a waitress or a delivery driver, yes. Like, a tip is is what you work for, and people recognize that. 
But, like, if you're getting your food from a drive-thru window, that's not a tippable place. I, I agree. Like, for a standard, it's maybe you add extra, right? So, I don't know. It just seems to be in a weird place, but I feel like we do this every couple of years. Um, last thing I had, Mark Ingram, he's going to, you know, this rumor had floated out there a handful of weeks ago, but it's true. He's going to Big Noon on Fox replacing Reggie Bush. What do you make of it? I am looking more into this last night. I I think that he has the personality to be good. It's just that the fit is a little weird, I guess, Mm -hmm. just because he's an SEC guy and they don't really air SEC games. Right. You know, so I thought that they would hire, and they have before, right? Bob was a Big 12 guy. Urban was a Big 10 guy. You had uh, Matt Leinert, Reggie Bush, Pac-12 guys, and now an SEC voice is just, I don't know, it's a little different. But probably once the season starts, won't even remember or care anymore. Now, Urban is still on there, right? So what's the lineup now? Is it Urban, Leinert? And um, uh, Mark Ingram, Ingram? now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they're just going with three? I think, well, there's a, the, the guy that, that drives it for, I forget what his oh, name okay. is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well. There you go. Big noon is set. Reggie Bush is out, and Mark Ingram is in. Uh, I only, uh, we only got time for one of mine. Skip Bayless is on a uh, hiatus right now. I know no one is uh, upset about that. He's going to be on a two-month hiatus because he struggles to replace Shannon Sharp. His exit moved way faster than they expected, so they had no choice but to go on hiatus. Skip has never done anything like this in all his years at FS1 or ESPN, and apparently not being on the air during all these NBA moves is just killing him. But he's going to wow. wait. The show's going to wait until August to come back. Hiatus sounds nice. Uh, he needs to enjoy some time off, time away. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap up hour number two next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory and have a wide selection of Silverados and SUVs. At Knippelmeyer, we still do business the same way we have for 63 years. So, if we don't have the exact model you're looking for, we'll order it for you, and when it gets here, that's the price you pay. Come see us in Blanchard. Give us a call at 405-485-3333 or check us out on the web at knippelmeyer.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. With custom signs and graphics from Fast Signs, you can say anything. Invite the world to discover that thing that makes your business unmistakably yours. Make your statement in lights or metal on a van across the windows. Make it unforgettable. Together, anything is possible. Bright ideas brilliantly executed can turn the mundane into the marvelous. Transforming your space begins at our place. Power your business visibility and make your statement with Fast Signs. Call Fast Signs of Norman, 405-701-2890. well as Yukon, Mustang, Bethany, and Piedmont. Visit BlackThunderRoofing.com or call 405-473-8028 for your free estimate today. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. The, uh, man, we got two candidates for text of the day right now. They came in back to back from the 214. Hey, guys, love your show. And then imagine you're on uh, one of those tip screens. It says tip, 10%, 15%, 20% custom. Thank you. Basically (laughs) giving us a compliment and uh, wanting a tip in return. That's great. Nice. Sean says I only tip waitresses, bartenders, and some massage therapists. So, (laughs) 
if that's yeah. like Sean or Robert Kraft or who that's from, but it's from one of the two, I think. Yeah. I I I, I don't know. They they put you in an awkward spot, and I get part of the problem with uh, the whole tipping situation is so many transactions are done via card now that you don't really you don't even have the the option to say keep the change on some stuff where you typically would like a drive through window. You might if you're supposed to get a dollar fifty back, you may say hey just keep the change. Like that doesn't happen anymore with the credit card situation. So I guess I get it to a certain degree, but I mean, you're putting it on someone where I, you feel like you're going to get blasted somewhere because you didn't tip on something. I don't know. It's just o- over a weird the top dynamic. tip as well. Yeah, especially if you're a celeb. Yeah. Hope you tipped at the fireworks stand. Don't I'll find out about it on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I think they should have tipped me. I think. All right, quick timeout. We've got the final hour next. Stay tuned. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering.